Section 8 of Lives of the Most Eminent Painters, Sculptors, and Architects, Volume 7, by Giorgio Vasari, translation by Gaston de C. de Vere. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Rita Boutros. Bacchio Bandinelli, Sculptor of Florence, Part 3. At this same time, Bacchio had undertaken to execute in painting an altarpiece of considerable size for the church of Castello, and for this he had made a very beautiful cartoon containing a dead Christ surrounded by the Maries with Nicodemus and other figures, but for a reason that we shall give below he did not paint the altarpiece. He also made at this time, in order to paint a picture, a cartoon in which was Christ taken down from the cross and held in the arms of Nicodemus with his mother who was standing weeping for him, and an angel who was holding in his hands the nails and the crown of thorns. Setting himself straightway to color it, he finished it quickly and placed it on exhibition in the workshop of his friend Giovanni di Goro, the goldsmith, in the Mercato Nuovo, in order to hear the opinions of men, and particularly what Michelagnolo said of it. Michelagnolo was taken by the goldsmith Piloto to see it, and after he had examined every part, he said that he marveled that so good a draughtsman as Bacchio should allow a picture so crude and wanting in grace to leave his hands, that he had seen the most feeble painters executing their works in a better manner, and that this was no art for Bacchio. Pelotto reported Michelagnolo's judgment to Bacchio, who, for all the hatred that he felt against him, recognized that he spoke the truth. Certainly Bacchio's drawings were very beautiful, but in colors he executed them badly and without grace, and he therefore resolved to paint no more with his own hand. But he took into his service one who handled colors passing well, a young man called Agnolo the brother of the excellent painter Francia Biggio, who had died a few years before. To this Agnolo he desired to entrust the execution of the altarpiece for Castello, but it remained unfinished, the reason of which was the change of government in Florence, which took place in the year 1527, when the Medici left Florence after the sack of Rome for Bacchio did not think himself safe, having a private feud with a neighbor at his villa of Pinzeromonte, who was of the popular party, and after he had buried at that villa some cameos and little antique figures of bronze which belonged to the Medici, he went off to live in Lucca. There he remained until the time when the Emperor Charles V came to receive his crown at Bologna whereupon he presented himself before the pope and then went with him to rome where he was given rooms in the belvedere as before while bacchio was living there his holiness resolved to fulfil a vow that he had made when he was shut up in the castello di sant'angelo 
which vow was that he would place on the summit of the great round tower of marble which is in front of the ponte de castello seven large figures of bronze each six braccia in length and all lying down in different attitudes as it were vanquished by an angel that he wished to have set up on the centre of the tower upon a column of variegated marble the angel being of bronze with a sword in the hand by this figure of the angel he wished to represent the angel michael the guardian and protector of the castle whose favour and assistance had delivered him and brought him out of that prison and the seven recumbent figures were to personify the seven mortal sins demonstrating that with the help of the victorious angel he had conquered and thrown to the ground his enemies evil and impious men who were represented by those seven figures of the seven mortal sins for this work his holiness caused a model to be made which having pleased him he ordained that bacchio should begin to make the figures in clay of the size that they were to be in order to have them cast afterwards in bronze bacchio began the work and finished in one of the apartments in the belvedere one of those figures in clay which was much extolled at the same time also in order to divert himself and wishing to see how he would succeed in casting he made many little figures in the round two-thirds of a braccio in height as of hercules venus apollo leda and other fantasies of his own which he caused to be cast in bronze by maestro jacopo della barba of florence and they succeeded excellently well he presented them afterwards to his holiness and to many lords and some of them are now in the study of duke cosimo among a collection of more than a hundred antique figures all very choice and others that are modern at this same time bacchio had made a scene of the deposition from the cross with little figures in low relief and half relief which was a rare work and he had it cast with great diligence in bronze when finished he presented it in genoa to charles v who held it very dear and a sign of this was that his majesty gave bacchio a commandery of san iago and made him a chevalier from Prince Doria also he received many courtesies, and from the Republic of Genoa he had the commission for a statue of marble, six braccia high, which was to be a Neptune in the likeness of Prince Doria, to be set up on the piazza in memory of the virtues of that prince, and of the extraordinary benefits that his native country of Genoa had received from him this statue was allotted to bacchio at the price of a thousand florins of which he received five hundred at that time and he went straightway to carrara to block it out at the quarry of polvacchio while the popular government was ruling florence after the departure of the medici michelagnolo buonarti was employed on the fortifications of the city and there was shown to him the marble that bacchio had blocked out together with the model of the hercules and cassus the intention being that if the marble had not been cut away too much michelagnolo should take it and carve from it two figures after his own design 
Michelagnolo, having examined the block, thought of a different subject, and abandoning the Hercules in Cassus, he chose the subject of Samson, holding beneath him two Philistines whom he had cast down, one being already dead and the other still alive, against whom he was aiming a blow with the jawbone of an ass, seeking to kill him but even as it often happens that the minds of men promise themselves at times certain things, the opposite of which is determined by the wisdom of God, so it came to pass then, for war having arisen against the city of Florence, Michelagnolo had other things to think about than polishing marble, and was obliged from fear of the citizens to withdraw from the city. Afterwards, the war being finished and peace made, Pope Clement caused Michelagnolo to return to Florence in order to finish the sacristy of San Lorenzo, and sent Bacchio to see to the completion of the giant. Bacchio, while engaged in this, took up his abode in the palace of the Medici, and writing almost every week to his holiness in order to make a show of devotion, he entered, besides dealing with matters of art, into particulars relating to the citizens and those who were administering the government, with an odious officiousness likely to bring upon him even more ill-will than he had awakened before. Whereupon, when Duke Alessandro returned from the court of his majesty to Florence, the citizens made known to him the sinister policy that Bacchio was pursuing against them, from which it followed that his work of the giant was hindered and retarded by the citizens by every means in their power. At this time, after the War of Hungary, Pope Clement and the Emperor Charles held a conference at Bologna, whither there went Cardinal Ippolito de Medici and Duke Alessandro, and it occurred to Bacchio to go and kiss the feet of His Holiness. He took with him a panel, one brachio high and one and a half wide, of Christ being scourged at the column by two nude figures, which was in half-relief and very well executed. And he gave this panel to the Pope, together with a portrait medal of His Holiness, which he had caused to be made by Francesco del Prato, his familiar friend, the reverse of the medal being the flagellation of Christ this gift was very acceptable to his holiness to whom bacchio described the annoyances and impediments that he had experienced in the execution of his hercules praying him that he should prevail upon the duke to give him the means to carry it to completion he added that he was envied and hated in that city, and being a very devil with his wit and his tongue, he persuaded the Pope to induce the Duke to see that his work should be brought to completion, and set up in its place in the piazza. Death had now snatched away the goldsmith Michelagnolo, the father of Bacchio, who, during his lifetime, had undertaken to make for the wardens of works of Santa Maria del Fiore, by order of the Pope, a very large cross of silver, all covered with scenes in low relief of the Passion of Christ. This cross, for which Bacchio had made the figures and scenes in wax, to be afterwards cast in silver, Michelagnolo had left unfinished at his death, 
and bacchio having the work in his hands together with many libre of silver sought to persuade his holiness to have it finished by francesco del prato who had gone with him to bologna but the pope perceiving that bacchio wished not only to withdraw from his father's engagements but also to make something out of the labours of francesco gave bacchio orders that the silver and the scenes those merely begun as well as those finished should be given to the wardens of works that the account should be settled and that the wardens should melt all the silver of that cross in order to make use of it for the necessities of the church which had been stripped of its ornaments at the time of the siege and to bacchio he caused one hundred florins of gold and letters of recommendation to be given to the end that he might return to florence and finish the work of the giant while bacchio was at bologna cardinal doria having heard that he was about to depart went to the pains of seeking him out and threatened him with many reproaches and abusive words for the reason that he had broken his pledge and failed in his duty by neglecting to finish the statue of prince doria and leaving it only blocked out at carrara after taking five hundred crowns in payment on which account said the cardinal if andrea could get bacchio into his hands he would make him pay for it at the galleys bacchio defended himself humbly and with soft words saying that he had been delayed by a sufficient hindrance but that he had in florence a block of marble of the same height from which he had intended to carve that figure and that when he had carved and finished it he would send it to genoa and so well did he contrive to speak and to excuse himself that he succeeded in escaping from the presence of the cardinal after this he returned to florence and caused the base for the giant to be taken in hand and himself working continuously at the figure in the year fifteen thirty four he finished it completely but Duke Alessandro, on account of the hostile reports of the citizens, did not take steps to have it set up in the piazza. The Pope had returned to Rome many months before this, and desired to erect two tombs of marble in the Minerva, one for Pope Leo and one for himself, and Bacchio, seizing this occasion, went to Rome. Thereupon the Pope resolved that Bacchio should make those tombs after he had succeeded in setting up the giant on the piazza, and His Holiness wrote to the Duke that he should give Bacchio every convenience for placing his Hercules in position there. Whereupon, after an enclosure of planks had been made all round, the base was built of marble, and at the foot of it they placed a stone with letters in memory of Pope Clement the Seventh, and a good number of medals with the heads of His Holiness and of Duke Alessandro. The giant was then taken from the office of works where it had been executed, and in order to convey it with greater ease without damaging it, they made round it a scaffolding of wood with ropes passing under the legs and cords supporting it under the arms and at every other part and thus suspended in the air between the beams in such a way that it did not touch the wood little by little by means of compound pulleys and windlasses and ten pairs of oxen it was drawn as far as the piazza 
great assistance was rendered by two thick semi-cylindrical beams which were fixed lengthways along the foot of the scaffolding in the manner of a base and rested on other similar beams smeared with soap which were withdrawn and replaced by workmen in succession according as the structure moved forward and with these ingenious contrivances the giant was conveyed safely and without much labor to the piazza the charge of all this was given to bacchio d'agnolo and the elder antonio de san gallon the architects to the office of works who afterwards with other beams and a double system of compound pulleys set the statue securely on its base it would not be easy to describe the concourse and multitude that for two days occupied the whole piazza flocking to see the giant as soon as it was uncovered and various judgments and opinions were heard from all kinds of men each one censuring the work and the master there were also attached round the base many verses both latin and tuscan in which it was pleasing to see the wit the ingenious conceits and the sharp sayings of the writers but they overstepped all decent limits with their evil speaking and their biting and satirical compositions and duke alessandro considering that the work being a public one the indignity was his was forced to put in prison some who went so far as to attach sonnets openly and without scruple to the statue which proceeding soon stopped the mouths of the critics when bacchio examined his work in position it seemed to him that the open air was little favourable to it making the muscles appear too delicate having therefore caused a new enclosure of planks to be made around it he attacked it again with his chisels and strengthening the muscles in many places gave the figures stronger relief than they had before finally the work was uncovered for good and by every one able to judge it has always been held to be not only a triumph over difficulties but also very well studied with every part carefully considered and the figure of cassus excellently adapted to its position it is true that the david of michelagnolo which is beside bacchio's hercules takes away not a little of its glory being the most beautiful colossal figure that has ever been made for in it is all grace and excellence whereas the manner of bacchio is entirely different but in truth considering bacchio's hercules by itself one cannot but praise it highly and all the more because it is known that many sculptors have since tried to make colossal statues and not one has attained to the standard of bacchio who if he had received as much grace and facility from nature as he took pains and trouble by himself would have been absolutely perfect in the art of sculpture desiring to know what was being said of his work he sent to the piazza a pedagogue whom he kept in his house telling him that he should not fail to report to him the truth of what he might hear said the pedagogue hearing nothing but censure returned sadly to the house and when questioned by bacchio answered that all with one voice were abusing the giants and that they pleased no one and you answered bacchio what do you say of them i speak well of them he replied and say may it please you that they please me 
"'I will not have them please you,' said Bacchio, "'and you also must speak ill of them, "'for, as you may remember, I never speak well of any one, "'and so we are quits.' "'Thus Bacchio concealed his vexation, "'and it was always his custom to act thus, "'pretending not to care for the censure "'that any man laid on his works.' nevertheless it is likely enough that his resentment was considerable because when a man labours for honour and then obtains nothing but censure one cannot but believe although that censure may be unjust and undeserved that it afflicts him secretly in his heart and torments him continually he was consoled in his displeasure by an estate which was given to him in addition to his payment by order of pope clement this gift was doubly dear to him, first because it was useful for its revenue, and was near his villa of Pinziremonte, and then because it had previously belonged to Rignadori, his mortal enemy, who had just been declared an outlaw, and with whom he had always been at strife on account of the boundary of this property. At this time a letter was written to Duke Alessandro by Prince Doria, asking that he should prevail upon Bacchio to finish his statue, now that the giant was completely finished, and saying that he was ready to revenge himself on Bacchio if he did not do his duty, at which Bacchio was so frightened that he would not trust himself to go to Carrara. However, having been reassured by Cardinal Cibo and Duke Alessandro, he went there, and working with some assistance, proceeded to carry the statue forward. The prince had himself informed every day as to how much Bacchio was doing, wherefore, receiving a report that the statue was not of that excellence which had been promised, he gave Bacchio to understand that, if he did not serve him well, he would make him smart for it. Bacchio, hearing this, spoke very ill of the prince, which, having come to the prince's ears, he determined to get him into his hands at all costs, and to take vengeance upon him by putting him in wholesome fear of the galleys. Whereupon Bacchio, seeing certain persons spying and keeping a watch upon him, became suspicious, and being a shrewd and resolute man, left the work as it was, and returned to Florence. About this time a son was born to Bacchio, from a woman whom he kept in his house, and to this son, Pope Clement having died in those days, he gave the name of Clemente, in memory of that pontiff who had always loved and favoured him after the death of pope clement he heard that cardinal ippolito de medici cardinal innocencio cibo cardinal giovanni salviati and cardinal niccolo ridolfi together with messer baldassari torini de pescia being the executors of the pope's will had commissions to give for the two marble tombs of leo and clement which were to be placed in the minerva for these tombs bacchio in the past had already made the models but the work had been promised recently to the ferrari sculptor alfonso lombardi through the favour of cardinal de medici whose servant he was 
this alfonso by the advice of michelagnolo had changed the design of the tombs and he had already made the models for them but without any contract for the commission relying wholly on promises and expecting every day to have to go to carrara to quarry the marble while the time was slipping away in this manner it happened that cardinal ippolito died of poison on his way to meet charles v bacchio hearing this went without wasting any time to rome where he was first received by the sister of pope leo madonna lucrezia salviante de medici to whom he strove to prove that no one could do greater honour to the remains of those great pontiffs than himself with his ability in art adding that alfonso was a sculptor without power of design and without skill and judgment in the handling of marble and that he was not able to execute so honourable an undertaking save only with the help of others he also used many other devices and so went to work in various ways and by various means that he succeeded in changing the purpose of those lords who finally entrusted to cardinal salviati the charge of making an agreement with bacchio at this time the emperor charles v had arrived in naples and in rome filippo strozzi and don francesco degli albizzi and the other exiles were seeking to arrange with cardinal salviati to go and set his majesty against duke alessandro and they were with the cardinal at all hours bacchio was also all day long in salviati's halls and apartments waiting to have the contract made for the tombs but not able to bring matters to a head because of the cardinal's preoccupation with the affairs of the exiles and they seeing bacchio in those rooms morning and evening grew suspicious of this and fearing lest he might be there to spy upon their movements and give information to the duke some of the young men among them agreed to follow him secretly one evening and put him out of the way but fortune coming to his aid in time brought it about that the two other cardinals with messer baldassare de pescia undertook to finish bacchio's business knowing that bacchio was worth little as an architect they had caused a design to be made by antonio de san gallo which pleased them and had ordained that all the mason's work to be done in marble should be executed under the direction of the sculptor lorenzetto and that the marble statues and scenes should be allotted to bacchio having arranged the matter in this way they finally made the contract with bacchio who therefore appeared no more about the house of cardinal salviati withdrawing himself just in time and the exiles the occasion having passed by thought nothing more about him end of section eight bacchio bandinelli sculpture of florence Part 3